0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of The Graveyard Shift. Uh, Today, I am your host, Jordan Saley, along with Natalia DeZubiar and Caroline
1: Perel.
0: I'm back, bitches! (laughs) Pubby. Third word. I'm
1: back, guys!
0: (laughs) Um, Yay. That was also quite the transition from whatever the hell was playing (laughs) before this. I really liked that song. Yeah, that was fun. I think we should start doing that more often. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. Today's episode is about vampires, real vampire stories. mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, yeah, none of that fake stuff. I think before we get into the episode, it's
2: important (laughs) to thank the people that (laughs) made this all happen. Show happen, our um, very talented and unpaid interns, Hadley Bro (laughs) on marketing and social media, social media and. William Cheever on who's our secretary and then our newly (laughs) newly signed financial manager Felipe welcome Felipe our team is just
1: growing and growing you guys if you would like to be an unpaid intern of the graveyard shift podcast let us hit us up on instagram at gys.podcast. Yes, just
0: send in your resume. You will not get paid. We get a lot of resumes every day so you can't expect a response. There's a
1: rigorous interview process. And um yeah, you won't be you, but you're if not are hired. Yes.
0: That's basically the deal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. So, yeah. So vampires. <laughs> <laughs> um I just have a question what kind of vampire media do you guys watch? Because I have been keeping Vampire Diaries in mind for all of this.
1: Oh, oh yeah. No, I was thinking about Vampire Diaries. I have watched all of Vampire Diaries, but also Twilight was in the back of my mind during this. I
0: find it weird that Twilight was written by a Mormon. It was? Because I-, I would think that that is against their beliefs. Yeah, that was the whole thing with Twilight because I forget who told me this. It must have been Michelle. But um, she's a Mormon, which is why... Edward and Bella didn't have sex until marriage, and that's like why it was such a big deal that like they couldn't have sex. Remember that whole scene where Mm -hmm. they're about to, and then Edward threw himself across the room. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I don't get why they didn't just do the soaking method, but yeah. I
2: know. Well, have Jacob bounce on the bed. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's an idea. But yeah, You you bring up such a funny point. I mean, Mormons believe in some crazy shit, so. Stuff so if
0: it doesn't maybe vampires me. fall into that, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't done the research. Well, what kind of
1: vampire media do you consume, Jordan? Well, I just told you Vampire Diaries.
0: <laughs> well, what else? Twilight. Uh-huh. Um, my mom was really into vampires, she watched a lot of True Blood. Um, oh. there was another one that I cannot remember the name of. I liked My Babysitter's a Vampire on Disney when I was a kid. Mm, okay, it's my thing, but yeah. Yeah. I'm very passionate about this topic.
1: What about the wizards versus vampires episodes of Wiz- Wizards of Waverly Place?
0: I was scarred for life when Bridget Mendler turned into an old lady at the end of that. That's what she gets for being a predator, for being like <laughs> 400 years old. <laughs> oh, I just got it. I just got
1: it. she's like 400 years old, and she. Oh, um, we have a call. <laughs> Who
0: has a Should I number? answer
1: it? I'm gonna answer it. Yeah, I want to know.
3: Hello. Hello. Hi. I had a vampire question.
0: Who? Who's talking?
3: Uh, this is an anonymous caller. Is
0: that my boyfriend? <laughs> oh my this? gosh! This is Andrew. Hi, hi, anonymous caller. Yeah, what's your um, question?
3: I was just wondering if you lovely ladies had seen Robert Patterson in the new Batman, and do you think <laughs> it's true that vampires turn into bats? It's
0: I th- I think there is definitely a correlation there. Um. <laughs> wow, this caller sounds hot. <laughs> oh my. Whoa. Okay. I'm. I yes. was a hundred percent sure it was going to be WECB, being like, "You guys are cursing way too much on air right now." But wow. Wait, well, can you repeat the question? He wants to know if always we think there's a pipeline from vampires given, given, to being there's, there's
3: always been a uh, correlation between vampires and bats. And now that Robert Patterson is playing the Batman and he's formerly a vampire, I was wondering if you think that's true.
2: Oh, oh, honey, that's such an astute observation. <laughs> um, That is a good
0: question. I literally have no answers for you.
3: <laughs> wow, um, so I'm just a waste of my time.
0: Yeah, I'll send Robert Patty an email <laughs> and see if he'll put in a call. Yeah, there's, you, there uh, seems to be a direct correlation, though, that? so I think you're onto
1: something.
2: I think you are, because... I've not...
0: Because... How did you get this number?
3: (laughs) You know, you'll never know how many vampires are in a room, but you can always count Dracula.
0: And on that note, Natalia, hang up on him. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Bye. Thanks for calling.
1: (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) Wow, that was so fun. A caller just abruptly... Yeah, thank you
2: for your call, baby. That was very informative. Oh God. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Who wants to start? Because I don't. W- <laughs> I might slip my wrist if this keeps happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like throwing up, gagging. Uh, okay. Who wants to- <laughs> well, no one's gonna start. All yeah, do Jordan, it. you go. So the year is 1932. <laughs> Am I right? Um, yeah. Well, some sources say 1932. Some say 1934. Okay. This is in New Orleans, mind you. What happens is there is a young girl, I think in her tween somewhere, she's running down Royal Street covered in blood, and she runs into a uh, police station. She's freaking out, and she's like, I have been bound up in this attic for days or weeks, and um, they have been just, like, slitting my wrists open and pouring my blood into cups, and drinking it until they're no longer hungry and then they tie me back up along with a bunch of other people and they've just been drinking us and the only reason she claims to have Mm -hmm. escaped is because they didn't secure her ropes good enough and so she was able to run out so the police obviously thought she was like crazy or something because that sounds pretty crazy you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they are like whatever we're gonna go check it out because obviously something happened to this girl she's covered in blood So, they pull up to this home in New Orleans. Um, It's on the second story of this apartment building. And when they go in, they find that there are four more people tied up in chairs, exactly how she had described herself. They have, like, wounds all up their arms, and they're bandaged up right now, and they're tied down, and there's at least 15 dead bodies that have been sucked dry of blood behind it. Kinky. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's right to say. Keep going. <laughs> that's one way to put it. Um, yeah, And so when the... So the police set up camp there, you know, and just waited for the brothers to come home. This place was owned by two brothers. These two brothers worked on the docks and they were fairly good citizens. They didn't have any criminal record, not even like a bar fight, which is kind of crazy considering it's New Orleans in 1930s, you know. So they were... They were soon pretty good people um, until this. And so these brothers are... I love that every article I read has to emphasize that they are five, six, and short as hell, and it's like not really relevant to the story, but short kings, they just felt the need to roast them for a second. So they have like it's 10 police officers, somewhere around there, in the thing waiting for them. And they say it took seven or eight police officers to... Subdue these men. Some versions say that they were subdued in the apartment. Others say that the two men jumped from the apartment building onto the floor from the second floor without any harm being done to them and ran off and beat up the seven, and eight officers. Either way, they origi- they eventually got them like in jail, locked up and stuff. Um so what happened from there is they were locked up and they started admitting to what they had done. They said that they were vampires and they were drinking people's blood and they said just kill us because if you don't kill us if you let us go we're not going to be able to stop we're going to keep doing this like this is our thing that we do now Mm -hmm. um so obviously no one believed they were vampires they were tried as serial killers and they were convicted and later executed they were hung in public in a public hanging apparently Mm -hmm. that's what some accounts say unclear so then they were buried um years later another member of the carter family died and was going to be buried in the same little area as the brothers when they dug up the brothers graves there was no longer any bodies there the bodies were just gone empty graves um and no one knew what happened um and i guess on like an annual basis around mardi gras um people report seeing the brothers up on that balcony at that old place and for some reason there's an unusual amount of break-ins in that apartment which is funny because that apartment is located right above a jewelry store and no one ever breaks in and robs the jewelry store but the apartment above those brother lives and someone breaks in all the time doesn't take anything there's just break-ins and then they leave um but there was a report of someone who lived there seeing the two brothers looking in on them from the balcony. And this was recent. There's, like, there's reports up until, like, I feel like 2017 of oh, this happening ends. in that specific apartment. Um, so, yeah. um, There's also a bit of a legend. This part is a little more, like, I only found it on one website, you know. Not all of them. The rest of the story is pretty, like, the same for mm. every person who talks about it. But people believe that some of the people that they were feeding off of turned into vampires eventually. Um, One of the legends is that a vampire must feed upon someone seven times while they're alive in order to become a vampire if they're fed on by a vampire. So people believe that several of the victims became vampires. One of them was named Felipe, unknown what their last name was. Our unpaid intern. Yeah, shout out Felipe. I bet. Our financial advisor Felipe went on a <laughs> <laughs> on a violent rampage and it says that he killed killed and ate 32 people. And 32. apparently he was one of the victims of them. Oh. Um and they found his diary. Uh apparently just on Bourbon Street and it talked about like all the things he did. All the people he ate and stuff, you know. And then oh No, Felipe. That's the most documented part of our financial advisor Felipe but then there's apparently other people who turned into vampire and someone did the math and said that according to all the people that know about this the Carter brothers and their victims took about 442 lives
2: oh whoa I don't I feel like that wouldn't go under the radar I think
0: people are just taking any vampires and being like oh that's the Carter brothers and so I feel like that's just like suspected mm. deaths of vampires. when we went to
2: New Orleans that was definitely the tour uh, on the tours because we went on multiple
0: yeah that was on that was, when uh, we went
1: last
2: year oh um, you're so right We
0: they told us about the vampires yeah. and yeah. one of his victims apparently committed herself to an asylum after escaping
1: I would too yeah mm. if, if I couldn't help myself from like eating a bunch of people then I would probably commit myself to something someplace so that i didn't eat people
0: <laughs> that's a very good observation i think that's, that's pretty mature know. of me so yeah, yeah i think that's very <laughs> grown thank you good. but yeah good. i don't know how much i believe the part of people turning uh after that no, i think some of those people may stuff. have just gone insane yeah, yeah. if they w- there were any actual murders after that
2: yeah or um they got rabies Oh. Well um, actually they
0: poured the blood into cups and then drank from the cups cuz they're I think you can still adults. get rabies yeah, you can from still the- get rabies <laughs> You can get even rabies if it's in a cup. For sure. If, yeah. Well for like sure. wait. <laughs> no, I don't agree with you. What do you What is it being would they in get a get cup? Rabies? How does it being well, in a cup? Well the guy who's things. drinking the blood can get rabies, sure. Yeah. But the people who the blood's being fed from, how would they have gotten rabies after that?
1: Oh, you're so right. Uh, well, if the person like let's say the vampire feeds off of patient A and patient A has rabies and now the vampire has rabies and then he goes and feeds off of patient B and he's then the vampire it from a cup still. Oh he's not biting him. Oh I see. I, see. I That's thought essentially you meant he was the condom right. of the vampire world.
0: That <laughs> <I> is thought- <sighs> some safe eating.
2: Wow, okay. Well, okay. who knows? Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what a stupid thing for me yeah. to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> well um do you want to go with yours i want to say one of my favorite stories they told on the go the ghost tour is of the taiwanese vampire who has no legs and it floats into pregnant ladies rooms in the middle of the night and sucks out the fetus oh yeah that one was pretty yeah funk
0: yeah that was funky funky.
2: (laughs) was that like i like him Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Was that, like, woman's baby. excuses for, like, after they got abortions, they are like, oh, the vampire ate the baby? Yeah. You know?
2: Probably. Probably. Baby. That's honestly probably true.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Food for thought. Yeah.
1: Food
0: for thought. All right. Well, let that marinate with you guys.
1: <laughs> We're going to take uh, a detour onto the world of literary vampires <laughs> Um, I looked into the story of Carmilla um, it's a novella it was written in 1872 it's a gothic novella it's by this Irish author named Sheridan Le Fanu um, and it's one of the first pieces of vampire fiction ever written um, and it inspired and predated Bram Stoker's Dracula predated it by 26 years Um so it's widely regarded as like one of the first vampires. What year was this again? Nine oh, sorry, eighteen seventy two. Mm. Um it was first published in like a literary magazine. Shout out to the Emerson Review. It's just like that. Um <laughs> and um and it was originally like serial published public publications, so um every chapter sort of ends on a cliffhanger because you want people to want to buy the next edition, whatever. So I'm just going to do a little deep dive into the plot. Um, So if you were thinking about reading Carmela and don't want any spoilers, then cover your ears or get over it. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. The story is presented as part of like a case study by Dr. Heslius. Um, he doesn't really matter in this story. Um, but um, so it's in first person. and he is portrayed as like a pretty unorthodox, sort of weird doctor that people don't trust. anyway. So we start with this young girl, Teenage protagonist named laura she narrates the story this begins story begins in her childhood it's really picturesque really cute she lives in a castle um in a forest in styria um where she lives with her dad who is really rich and a widower and retired um but when she was six she had a vision in her sleep that a really beautiful person came to visit her in her room um uh but then like punctured her in the chest um but of oh. course it was a dream it was just a vision so nothing actually happened to her there was no puncture wound um but some time passes uh 12 years pass and um laura and her father are just hanging out in front of the castle um when this general guy sent they receive a letter from this general guy general spielsdorf um (laughs) he was supposed to visit them with his niece bertha but she suddenly just died under mysterious circumstances so the trip was canceled um and then he was like you know what we'll meet again later i'll explain it but sorry i'm not gonna be there um so laura's really sad she's like oh man i I wanted to be her friend like I'm really lonely um, but then there's a carriage accident outside of their house um, and the carriage accident included a girl who was about Laura's age and her mother um, the girl says her name is Carmilla um, and they immediately recognize each other because they, were, they had seen each other in, in their dreams um, when they were young so Carmela's mother is like, okay, can you take care of Carmela for three months? I'm going to leave her here. <laughs> it's, kind of, um, it's kind of a big burden to put on someone. Yeah. But they said yes. She's like, okay, I, I need to like arrange some things and then I'll come back to get her." But the mom, before she leaves, is like really serious. And she says um, that her daughter will not disclose any information whatsoever about her family, her past or herself. And that she had to, you know, make sure they knew that Carmelo was of sound mind, which is totally not suspicious. Like shady. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't you assume, like, a normal person walks into your house that they're of sound mind?
0: Maybe. Uh, no. no, no, not our house, not our house. <laughs> <laughs> not <her> house. <laughs> but I mean, why leave her there in the first place if they are um, so worried about it for three whole months?
1: oh because okay so Carmela gets like sort of injured in the accident right but her mother's like oh i need this is an urgent matter i need to get to our destination you know so what? carmella can you stay here and heal while i go do this mm. that's pretty
2: that is something like old people always did they would like get sick on the road or like break their ankle and they'd be like screw it i'm staying here for eight months yeah that like i don't know yeah that and like, is like, hey, can a weird I crash concept? here? And the people just say, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then they do. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, and then they fall in love. No. um yeah. Pride and Prejudice. I watched that the other day. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. So the mom's kind of weird about that, but they just laugh it off. They're like, ha, ha, ha. Carmilla and Laura become really good friends. Um, But sometimes, Carmilla makes romantic advances towards Laura. And Laura's like, wait a minute, what is going on? Um, But she doesn't necessarily, you know, say no. Um, But Carmilla is just mysterious this whole time. She doesn't join the household in its prayers. She sleeps for most of the day. uh, And she
0: sleepwalks outside at night. um, Which is... Is this one of those things where they say Carmella was making, like, sexual advances now, but, like, back in the day they were, like, they were roommates? Or was <laughs> it very well known no. that they were sexual advances? It,
1: this is, Carmella's really famous and notable because it subverted a lot of what, you know, Victorian literature was with its homosexual undertones and its positioning of women in more powerful positions. Um, so... No, I think it was meant to be sort of... I mean, um, ambiguous, but... The intention Obvious. was there, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, weirdly enough, in nearby towns, younger girls are just, like, dying mysteriously, just like that girl, Bertha. Um, and, you know, they have to go to a bunch of funerals and blah, blah, blah. Um, so oh, this is good. <laughs> um, you know, they're rich people. Laura's family's rich. They get a shipment of like old paintings from ancestors, like their heirlooms or whatever. Um, and she finds a portrait uh, of this woman named, uh, she's Countess Karnstein. She's one of her ancestors. And she really looks like Carmela. And she's really freaked out. Like, okay. Wait, one of
0: one of Laura's ancestors. Yeah, one of Laura's ancestors Ooh, in this. So Indeed. also incest in this perhaps, as well. Perhaps, I perhaps. I mean, if she not, was an ancestor, I'd say they it's never. Pretty. There's
1: never any like actual overt sexual contact. It's, oh, it's just like implied. long. It's it's implied. Yeah. Okay. It's like longing glances and caresses and blah blah blah. You know. But yeah, still kind of still pretty nasty.
0: It is um some ancestral things happening um so you know when people are reading this in victorian times they were like there's gay people in my novel so and not upset about the incest whatsoever no exactly definitely
2: oh yeah oh yeah this is like
1: this what is time? like th- yeah this is smut honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh laura while carmel is staying with them still she keeps having these dreams of this large cat like beast entering her room springing onto her bed and then like sort of digging into her chest um, like a needle into her chest um, and eventually as the months go on Laura's health starts to decline a little bit and they get a doctor her dad gets a doctor over there and he's like figure it out and <laughs> he finds a small blue spot an inch or two below her collar where the creature in her dream bit her. Um, and she talks to her dad, like, you know, in private. She's, she's like, Dad, uh, I would like to not be unattended, please. Like, I don't want to be alone for the coming, for the future, uh, just in case. So, um, they go ahead Her and her dad go ahead into town, I guess, to or to a nearby village. Um, And they leave a message behind be like to the governess, like the teacher lady at the castle being like, take Carmela with you like a few days after us, meet us here. Um, But Carmela like sleeps all day, so they don't get the message until a little later than that. Um, But on Laura and her dad Encounter Remember this general guy That was going to come And visit them With the niece Bertha Who died Um, He Finally gets the chance They run into each other He finally gets the chance To tell her the story Of what happened Um, So at a costume ball There was this beautiful woman Named Milarka (laughs) (laughs) Um, At this ball Right With her mother and Bertha was taken with Malarca. She's like, "Oh, MG, she's amazing. She's hot. She's beautiful. I love her. I want to be her." Um, and then mysteriously, Bertha fell ill three weeks later, suffering from the same symptoms that Laura is now suffering from. Um, and their doctor was like, "Oh, yeah, Bertha was visited by a vampire." That's what the doctor said. So, <laughs> um, so I guess that was pretty yeah pretty set in stone that she was I, I don't know what the how he makes that diagnosis but um. but eventually Bertha it was one night Bertha was in her room I guess and the her uncle came in and there was this creature looming against ob, above her and so he took out a sword and started to fight it but it fled um, but before it fled it took on the form of that beautiful girl Malarca um, and Bertha died that morning. Um so once Laura and her dad reached the town that they were getting to, um with the general guy, they ask where they can find the tomb of Malarka Karnstein. Which turns out Malarka Karnstein is the same name of the woman in the painting. Oh, oh. what? So they asked to look for her tomb because she's dead dead apparently or yeah anyway um <laughs> sorry <laughs> so they go then carmilla appears they're like omg carmilla is malarca is my great great something um and carmilla is an anagram for Malarka. anagram i was just thinking i was like what the
2: What the heck is that called?
1: I was trying to do like
0: the math in my head, and I was like, I I could see
2: computing over there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they're returning, yeah,
1: (laughs) not very fast. (laughs) So yeah, they're in this uh, they're in this chapel tomb thing, and they they ask this guy um, to come with them. His name is Baron Vandenberg, Vordenberg or whatever, and he's the descendant of a hero who rid the area of vampires a long time ago. So, Vordenberg knows all these sorts of things. He discovered that his ancestor was romantically involved with Countess Karnstein, a.k.a. Carmilla, a.k.a. Marx, whatever her name was, Uh, um, and before she died. um, So, he's able to locate from diaries or whatever where her actual tomb is. Um, So, they go and uh this part's kind of unclear I so they exhume her body mm. um it's like immersed in blood but it seems to be breathing faintly somehow she'd gotten back into her tomb I guess and her heart is sort of beating her eyes are open and then they drive a stake through her heart um she shrieks and then they cut her head off (laughs) um they burn the body and head and then they throw it into the river so that's that with carmella goodbye Um, afterwards laura and her dad takes her on a year-long trip through italy to regain her strength and recover from the trauma that was carmella and almost dying but she never fully does
0: so was this meant to be like anti-gay literature because it feels like every gay person either is murdered evil or attempted to be murdered
1: well yes but it's uh, but you have to think about the time like just the mention of them was pretty
0: pro-gay honestly yeah well I'm just like I'm trying to put like figure out what the author like was she pro-gay or was this? Written as like an anti-gay pe- like was it supposed to be it, it was written against as a pro games?
1: it was written I mean it wasn't pro anything because that you can really say that, but um it was not anti I'll say that it was very much so like being humanistic about it I guess like so because a lot of Victorian literature at the time was you know women their possessions they need men men you know women rely on men to protect them constantly right but the male characters in this story the uncle and the father they're completely useless and complete like sissies because they can't do a single thing they're helpless and unproductive Um, so they're the opposite of what other Victorian men in literature typically Mm. are portrayed as um while the female characters are most of the time portrayed as better than the male characters because Mm -hmm. um like Carmela she's all powerful and she's threatening and she's able to seduce whoever she wants um and get what she wants and that is a threat to these men who expect women to need them all the time um and uh Carmella is she's sort of like the opposite of the male vampires that came after her you know like Dracula was took a his beast form was in a dog she was a cat um she was sort of romantically and theoretically sexually involved with her victims and they were not you know resistant to it um so she was more of a threat like if we're looking at it from a I don't know literary analysis sort of perspective um, she was more of a threat to the station of men and their masculinity than she was as a vampire Um, but yeah so he also the author Le Fanu sort of from what you were saying Jordan veered away from like the parasitic uh views of lesbianism and parasitic women um by he did that through like the sort of reciprocated and mutual feelings of romance and desire um between Carmilla and Laura and Carmilla and Bertha and probably others um yeah and I I think their relationship their relationship like it Carmilla was you know all the bad parts about being a woman and the you know the desire the sexuality the the taboo things and Laura was the picturesque gentle feminine Victorian woman but they were you know sort of one in the same at the end of the day and I mean obviously Laura didn't want to be killed and eaten but she also didn't, like, hate the idea, so. I'm way too buzzed to be this analytical right now. I am so sorry.
2: It's <laughs> the English class,
0: mama. I'm so sorry, but... Me and no, Caroline okay. are sitting on the other side I'm of the little- desk <laughs> with, like, our jaws agape right now. <laughs> well... I just, I, this I, I, I get very passionate ridden. about this this espresso martini kicked in, <laughs> in in the middle of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I feel stupid as hell. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's all in all, lesbians good. Vampires are kind of slay and this was a very uh important piece of literature. So. Okay, thank, thank you. you. That thank really you. summed it up. That for makes a that lot makes more sense more
0: now. <laughs> I think I get oh it. My God! Oh God! <laughs> Thank you for that, God, Caroline. Course, bring up something course. stupid, please. I'm oh, begging you. Yeah, I got you. All right, here Sweet. we go.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I switch in tone.
2: <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I'm gonna go into modern day vampires. So, like vampires now. I'm yes. not talking about the nocturnal guys who are allergic to garlic and turn into bats. <laughs> No, I'm talking about chat room vampires who um who make a little society for themselves. Now, I know that when like, we... Wait,
0: they have like an online chat, like yep. like, like incels.net, but for vampires? Like fortune. Yep. Hmm. Yeah,
2: so I know when we were in New Orleans, um, we had a tour guide who told us to go into this secret bar that was full of vampires and I and I and then we were it was like, like a vampire
0: speakeasy yeah
2: va- vampire speakeasy and so I thought I thought it was going to be like theatrical but I think when I got there these people take themselves as vampires
0: no it was very serious they were serious, they were serious about their like I <laughs> lore <laughs> it was you could tell they knew we didn't know what was going on either because we walked like essentially went to New Orleans and it was in the back of some already really popping bar and you had to walk to the back to the courtyard that was basically empty and there was one guy with like a ton of piercings and all leather yeah all
2: leather he had like colored contacts and he's looking freaky as hell like he just walked off the set of like Halloween Horror Nights I was (laughs) like is this a joke no he took it
0: so seriously I know and I was like We walked out and I didn't want to like offend him by just assuming he was the guy running the vampire lair. So I was like, I stood there, my hands on my hips and looked around like, huh, I wonder where to go. I wonder (laughs) where the vampire lair is located. He literally looked at us and went, who do you think would know that? Who do you think? Oh my God. So
1: So
2: we we didn't want to assume. So we had to say a secret code to him, which was, um, I don't, I mean... I know they'd be pissed if we said the secret code is the vampire <laughs> sent me. So they change yeah. the
0: code every few months. So. Yeah, they yeah. do. The to vampire keep sent from people like us getting in.
2: Yeah. But that didn't yeah. stop us. So you went in, Natalia and I didn't because I was like, I'm not paying 20 bucks for them. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that was what turned me off. It wasn't the
1: vampires, it wasn't the weird dude. <laughs> yeah. It was the $20 cover. <laughs> I felt like it need- was so weird I think we need he to was preface weird. this like this dude was so weird it's like no honestly I mean I like, meant- he can go and do whatever he wants I yeah, don't yeah, care yeah. but he was acting kind of pretentious about it and yeah that's, he
2: was like that's what turned um, me off yeah you we have drinks here that nowhere in New Orleans has and I, I felt like, like mm-hmm.
0: he like to have a superiority complex over like dressing like a Hot topic poster yeah. child, you know, Yeah. is insane. That's, to that's me. what that's what gave me the ick. So, I you know I don't care if he's what he does in his free time, but don't be all high and mighty about it, literally. But di- when I did go up, though, you could definitely tell there was people up there who like we were probably the only tourists. I totally thought it's gonna be a tourist trap, but it was oh, like okay. all people like in full leather who thought they were vampires and was giving us weird looks when we were taking pictures. That's kind of like, fun, yeah. yeah, and like. Our tour guide told us that he's been offered like human blood in his drinks up there before. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. I, and that's
2: <sighs> Como se dice? Yes. Kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah. Kind of a once in a lifetime experience. Kind
3: of um, quirky.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about those kind of vampires that take themselves very seriously. Um so the modern-day vampires have themselves a little community. They organize themselves in houses, covens, or courts with people they find online or in within the community. Um, they are led by the elder vampires, which are conveniently called the elders. Um, so if you ask a vampire, apparently, about their eating habits, whether they drink blood or not, they'll get extremely offended. But most modern vampires feed off blood while others report being able to feed off of social and sexual energy.
0: Okay. <laughs> Wait, so, like, mm-hmm. have you guys seen what what we do in the shadows? Yeah. No. There's a vampire in that show who, like, f- literally feeds off sucking the energy out of the room yeah. by <laughs> being so boring, and that's <laughs> how he feeds.
2: Exactly. I think we have a lot of vampires in at uh, Emerson College... But you didn't hear it from here.
0: <laughs> okay. Yep. You guys can't see it, but I'm trying to dangle a microphone in front of Caroline's mouth, <laughs> like a carrot. <laughs>
2: Come here. Uh, I'll be louder.
1: Um, no, no, you don't have to be louder. Just speak into the mic. Okay. Sorry. You also don't have to make out with it.
2: Yeah, you uh, are. I know. I don't. Just stay like. An I angel. want to. Okay. Okay. So.
1: Wait <laughs> a minute for you.
2: I, yeah. Yesterday's. A, long let's, time let's,
1: Okay, let's, let's not get back dive into last
2: <laughs> this morning last night? Uh, anyway uh, it wasn't a microphone I'll tell you vampires. <laughs> okay. no I'm kidding I'm kidding continue, um, continue. blood drinking vampires report a dependency on blood because they acquired quote unquote nutrients from the energy of the person they're feeding on so through the blood they get the energy of said person Um, There are apparently a lot of very stringent rituals that come to bloodletting. Um, Obviously, the donor has to be consenting because otherwise that'd be a crime. But also, apparently, if a modern vampire like sucks the blood of a non-consenting vampire, the energy will be all off. And so therefore, it's not good
0: the, the blood
2: the blood's not tasty the the energy's ruined
0: it's been spoiled
2: it's been spoiled wait by... how do they
0: find like humans to consent to the is it just on their chat room yeah it's on chat rooms
2: and um conventions they actually find <laughs> there are um vampire yeah. conventions where vampires go and they and it's a big um uh, economic sphere if you will of, like, you get your fangs fitted and you can go and get your costumes and then you can go meet potential donors. Like, they literally, like, sit there at booths and are like, hey, I'm prime for the picking. Here's my resume. You want this? And the vampire's like, I sure do. <laughs> okay. Um. So modern vampires kind of rose in popularity after the... Movie interview with a vampire came out in 1994. Have you guys seen that? Uh,
1: I have not seen it now.
2: Okay. Um,
0: I can't, you you can't hear? No. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my my thing just died, but you guys are good.
2: Okay. Perfect. Love that. (laughs) Um, yeah, so if you've seen that movie, that's kind of a good movie. I watched it one day when I was sick. But if you haven't seen it, definitely give that's it a the watch. That's where like
0: Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt makes out with the child, right? Yeah. What the hell? That was like that actress's first kiss ever, Kristen like, Dunst. Kristen Dunst. It was her first kiss ever oh. with like old ass. I remember hearing. Was about it Brad this. Pitt? I it, know. I,
2: I can't remember. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise were in that movie. Someone super. I'm sorry, I like that movie,
0: but <laughs> there was a lot of like. Homo erotic energy in that too. Oh well, right? for
2: sure. They were so gay.
1: I think vampires in general have that undertone. Oh
2: yeah. I mean I I think of like the modern way that vampires dress in like all leather, kind of sexual bondagey, and it's like kinda like mm. Yeah. 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 Which is kind cool, of kind of kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what I want to talk about, modern vampires. And then I also was curious, because I know sometimes when you lean into the occult, you kind of take it too far. I'm thinking of like the Slenderman killings who, I mean, those were kids, but also, you know, people who take it too far. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found something on a vampire killing in 1996. Um, in Kentucky and I'll read you a little about that because I think it's kind of interesting so Roderick Farrell was a troubled teen growing up in Kentucky in a broken home his mother was a follower of the occult and even identified as a vampire herself and as a teen Roderick began to hang out with other like-minded teens where they would drink each other's blood he grew a following in Kentucky when he told people that he was actually a 500-year-old immortal vampire named Visago. Alright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, all of his friends kind of like believed him and sucked each other's blood. Why don't we do that? In November uh-huh. of 1996, Roderick decided to take his vampire clan... Consisting of his friends Heather Wendorf, Scott Anderson, Dana Cooper, and Charity Keys to New Orleans to start a new life as a vampire family. Upon obtaining the car that would take them to New Orleans, um, they were stealing it from the Wendorf family, and Roger and Scott were contr- confronted by the father, Richard Wendorf, and bludgeoned him to death with a crowbar. Oh, they okay. also murdered a woman in the house named Naomi Queen. The self-proclaimed vampires marked the bodies with a V carved in their chests with a knife and performed a ritualistic burning of their bodies. The vampire teens remained on the run for a couple of days before the police caught up with them in Louisiana. Roderick Farrell and the rest of them were obviously found guilty in court, but he was actually given the death penalty and was the youngest person in America to have ever been given that sentence at the time. Mm. Which I thought was pretty yeah.
1: interesting. No, that is pretty interesting. That's
2: crazy. They really thought they were onto something. They thought they were onto something. Don't listen to your friends. No. Do you guys
0: believe that, like, real vampires could be a thing? Or do you think it's all just people who it's, go crazy? And I don't believe in it. I don't believe
2: in it. Do you? Me neither.
0: <laughs> I mean... Funny how we all think the same exact thing. <laughs>
2: god bless you if you do or i guess god not bless you if you do yeah i don't think they're into god yeah no no that's just something my grandma says Mm. um but it's just i don't know just a community for the guys who want to be a little dark a little twisted and i get it sometimes you just want to do that that's what halloween's for
0: but they just want halloween (laughs) 24 7 and i get it
2: it makes sense I think sense. that
0: vampires would be more believable to me believable to me if I had more proof in like other supernatural beings but in order for vampires to be real it would require witches to also be real which would require more spirits to be confirmed yeah. real and there's like, just like a whole chain of things that have to be confirmed it's just not not vampires. adding up no it doesn't but I do there is the part of me that like wants to believe in supernatural stuff that wants to believe in vampires oh yeah right. but it's it's hard yeah It's also kind of scary because, like,
2: I mean, if you did believe in vampires, then you can believe in someone just being taken off the street and go missing, which happens all the time, which maybe it is a vampire. I don't know. Do you you see where I'm going with this? Anyone?
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: For sure. Um, I I don't know if it's a direction we can take it on WACP, but I see where you're going. Um,
1: Should we... um... Except some calls?
2: Yeah. If you want to call in, here's the number.
1: Okay. Get your phones out, everybody. My mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The number is 617-824-8852. I'll say it again. 617-824-8852. There it is.
2: Um. How did Andrew get the number? <laughs> I I thought I you know. gave it to him. I didn't. I
0: really didn't. What if that wasn't Andrew and just some weird hello? Thing. Hello, it's Jackie. Is it Jackie? Oh wait. Yeah. Hello. Oh, I can hello. hear her. I can't. Hi, ladies. <laughs> wait, am I the only one who can talk to Jackie? Hi, I Jackie. Think so. Hey. Hi. Oh my gosh. How are you Hi. doing? I missed you. Good to see you again, Jackie. <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to open the the telephone. <laughs> I know we haven't been able to do it for a few weeks now. Do you have an, a but vampire story for us or facts?
4: No, I just wanted to add something. Uh, it was it was a good show. You guys did a lot of research. I was good. Uh, Thank you. So there's some parts like of Slovenia and Eastern Europe, Romania, etc., where still in the um, 20th century they were found in The bodies of in small villages, of people consider strigoid, which is a sort of vampire that still that can wake up, and they, they would like open when they bury them. The people died to be, to be, be strigoid. They would uh, fill the bodies with stones and put a, a nail in their forehead. Take out their heart, obviously, and turn the body facing down in the ground. Uh, So if they wake up, they keep going further into the earth. um, Whoa. uh,
0: So that's... A fun (laughs) way to (laughs) go. Where was that
4: again? This is uh, especially... um, It's been found in Romania, in Slovenia, uh, Transylvania, which are all those... um, They are very close together. So
3: anyway, it was just
4: a little a little fact there to throw into you went to into hear you and it's nice to hear you the New Orleans show was awesome mm-hmm. and um,
0: I can't wait for next week I hope you guys have
4: another
0: one coming okay <laughs> thank um. you for calling we missed you yeah thanks for calling <laughs> I didn't hear a word yeah, that you said me either but I, I was really intrigued Jordan's so the only one that sucks for you guys headphones
1: worked for that here. but we will listen back to it in the recording <laughs>
4: Well, again, it's really nice to hear all your stories. A big, big hug from
0: me, okay? Be good, girls. Big hugs. Lots of kisses from us. Hugs and kisses. Yes. (laughs) Love
1: you, love you. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for calling. Bye, Mama.
0: I absolutely love how every time your mom calls, it sounds like she's like, in the middle of some big situation, she's whispering like it's a mission. <laughs> she does do that. <laughs> like if anyone hears her letting this information leak, they're going to go get her. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> While she's saying it to our podcast. Well, I guess we only have like a few
1: listeners, but still. It's hey, really, we, okay. we have enough.
0: No, we do, we do. We have uh, quite the following on Instagram. We do. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have a uh, Instagram, it's called UIS.podcast. Yes where we have many many fans on there. We yes. do. We have a yes. lot of fans, we have Follow a lot of comments, to keep updated. a lot of Lots likes of interns as well. Lots almost of interns, yes. more interns. <laughs> than listeners, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> do our interns not listen? <laughs> oh my
1: god. I mean, there's almost more inter- there's the same amount of interns than there are the three of us. So oh, true. We have three interns. Our interns
2: work hard, honestly. They do.
1: They're the backbone of this
0: this this financial advisor. There's a lot of...
1: Yeah, thanks, Felipe.
0: Yeah, a lot of zeros to add up and,
1: (laughs) you know.